0: Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. In this episode, we will be doing some rapid reviews and we'll be reviewing and discussing Ant-Man and the Wasp, as well as reviewing and discussing Won't You Be My Neighbor, and recapping the latest episode, or really the last couple episodes of Westworld. Enjoy the show. As far
1: back as I could remember, I always wanted to be a gangster.
0: Ozzy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing, man? I am doing good. It is good to be back. <laughs> we have uh, been on a hiatus, an unexpected and uh, actually pretty long hiatus. Ozzy, what have you done this time off from the pod?
1: Uh, You know, kind of went on a brief vacation to work. Um, been dealing with, uh, you know, work-related problems. Also had my cousin in town and yeah so i was you know dealing with you know having my family in town dealing with work and yeah you know pretty much just that yeah oh and Fortnite. fortnight been a lot of Fortnite. <laughs> understandable <laughs>
0: yes yeah, so just so you guys uh, are aware of the whole situation has been what's been going on I am in the process of moving, I know I've talked about that a little bit, and we were really hoping we were going to be able to get back on a schedule in June. Obviously that didn't happen, things got worse in June, Uh, and like I said, because of the whole moving situation, and we got really busy, and it just kind of happened like this. Uh, But we are hopefully going to be getting back in the swing of things moving forward, and we'll be setting up a bit more of a recording schedule, I hope, moving forward, and then we'll be able to be a little bit more consistent. That being said, uh, we are well underway with the process of kind of moving on into the next quote-unquote phase of the podcast. I am in a pseudo-recording area studio-type thing that I'm working on right now. It is not done. I have not been able to um, audio-proof or sound-proof, however you want to put it, the walls so if there's echo if ozzy's audio sounds weird which i think it might have at the top but it should be good now if any of that is if anything's off with the production value of the podcast that is because we're in a bit of a transition point with the whole recording setup at the moment so bear with us there and thank you for bearing with us with the lack of a podcast but like we said We'll be back. We are back, and you're going to get a bit of a longer episode from us for for this one. So I guess this is your, uh, the listener's gift, right, Ozzy, for um, bearing with us in our absence.
1: Oh, yeah. You guys should be 100% grateful. That, um, I'm just playing. Um, yeah, we just really want to thank you guys for being really loyal and, you know, just being really patient with us. I mean, I, I, I'm going to go as far as to say this is our worst summer, uh, our worst year when it comes to consistency. Yes. Uh, but it's. this has also been our kind of our, our, our most crazy year, I want to say, since we graduated high school. Um, so yeah, I mean, this has just been a really hectic year dealing with a lot of family situations, um, a lot of moves. I know I moved this year and now you're moving. You're in the process of moving. So there's been a lot of uh, ch- big changes, a lot of, um, you know, personal uh, stuff going on. But, you know, the fact that you guys have been really patient and, and, and really uh, loyal to us, I mean, it just means a lot to, to me personally. I know it means a lot to Carlos. Um, I know if Brianna were, were here, she'd, she'd, she'd feel the same way. So on behalf of ScreenFellows, I just want to thank you guys uh, for sticking with us and for being you know really patient with us. We're going to give you guys as much content as we can today. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, Carlos, you're going to be starting off the, your review with... Um, it's this movie is so bad, I didn't even see it, and I've heard I forgot the title. Carlos, what are <laughs> you reviewing? <laughs> the Purge, right? The First Purge, yes, yes. <laughs> um, all right,
0: so The First Purge. I, uh, first of all, this is rapid review, so I'm gonna go as quickly as possible, and we're gonna kind of fly through these ones that we're basically playing catch up with. Just be aware, we're not gonna spend as much time. Alright, so the first Purge. It is uh, not good. I have not seen any of the Purge movies, so that that must be said. To be fair, I've not seen any of these movies up until this one. And, I, you know, I didn't hear great things about the first one. W- heard better things about the second one, and then nothing really about the third one. So, I was didn't know what to expect with this. And, it's not good. I mean... <sighs> The whole thing comes across as a bad Black Mirror episode. Like, and it's not even, like, the the unfortunate part is that the concept is there. The concept has always been there with The Purge. Unfortunately, it just seems like they've never been able to fully execute it 100%. Because the idea of having a day where there is, like, crime is legal, is, that's a great, great idea. It really is. And... My goodness, that they miss the mark here. It's just... It's it's a terrible script. Like, these characters are just so flat and boring, and I don't care about any of them. Like, you really don't care about any of them. They, they have a lead character who... Well, I mean, there's a couple of lead. It's like a kind of a quote-unquote ensemble here. But, you know, all these characters are given these kind of sort of backstories that are supposed to, like... They're designed to make you care about them. But ultimately, like, the protagonist of this movie, the quote-unquote protagonist of this movie is a drug dealer who's doing more harm to his community than anything. And they they say that in the movie multiple times, but then ultimately he's our hero? Like, and it didn't really seem like he learned a le- I, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's not good. The script is dumb. Like, there's tons of plot holes and things that don't make any sense for why they're happening. The characters are the worst part of the whole thing. You don't care about any of them. They're really dumb. There's one kid who's so dumb, and it's just infuriating. It really is infuriating because I just, he's so frustrating. He makes terrible decisions, and the movie really wants us to care about him. So it's, But it's like, I can't because you're so incredibly stupid. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not going to spend any more time on this movie. It's bad. Don't see it. I've heard the second one is all right. Maybe go check that one out. I probably will at some point down the line. But I, this movie did not convince me to go back and catch up on this franchise, needless to say. Uh, I'm going to give this movie a 3.2 out of 10.
1: Okay. It is a bad movie.
0: All right. So now we will move on to the next review, and that is going to be of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. This is a movie that we probably should be spending more time on, but it
1: came out a couple weeks ago, so I'm sorry. Like a week, came out like a week, like a week, a week two ago. I mean, we'll spend a little bit of time on it. Um, yeah, man, this movie. Um, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and say I don't think that this movie. I mean, this is. I think this is a decent movie, and I don't think the problem with this movie is the director. I think the director had a great ideas, and but starting off the positives, I think. You know uh, there there's a sequence here that's in the trailer it's when the volcano erupts and you know they're trying to get out of the island that is the best sequence in this film um the cinematography was amazing the effects were amazing the sound was amazing everything that was in that scene was absolutely stunning um I think the performances in this movie were really good. Um, I think, I mean, I think the standout stars here are Chris Pratt and Bryce uh, Dallas Howard. I actually like uh, Bryce Dallas as Howard's character um, of Claire Deering. Brianna would beg to differ with me. I don't know how Carlos is going to react to that, um, but I actually liked her character. She had more to do. They kind of changed their character to adapt to the situation, which I really uh, enjoyed. She actually did a lot more in this movie than she did in the first movie, which I will say is is I think is actually pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean I do I did like those characters and I do think th- those two shine in this movie. Uh, <laughs> I I did not like this movie. I I think
0: this movie it was very very disappointing. Uh, ultimately, I think a lot of it goes down to some of the choices that they've made with this uh, with with where they want to go with this franchise, but. You know, they're in a tough spot because where do you go with this story in general? Like, it's always been a weird thing, right? I I think that they ultimately they had okay ideas, but they didn't know what to do with them because th- this movie feels like two movies. Th- that's the bottom line. It feels like two movies crammed into one, and one of them is okay. Actually... You know what, if we just separate the first scene from the rest of the movie, then we'll say three movies, because the first movie, the first scene, is great. The opening of this movie is fantastic, it's one of the best Jurassic Park things ever. The second ha- the second portion, the first act of the movie, or whatever you want to say, it's okay, and then the back half of this movie is just not good. <laughs> it, it really isn't. So... Positives, though, like I said, the first half of it is okay they're on the island a lot of that por- for a lot of that time in the movie, and it's actually pretty entertaining There's some cool visuals there. I think they actually used a decent amount of um, practical stuff there from what I could tell, which was pretty cool. Uh, Chris Pratt, his character what's his name? Uh, I think that's a big problem as well that i don't remember his name Owen Grady Owen. He's just the characters are flat. the performances, especially Chris Pratt it, they do a good job of keeping you somewhat engaged with these flat characters because there is really nothing defining about the character of Owen. I'm sorry there's just nothing. He's just a bland you know m- male like lead like that's he's just like a generic character like it's I, it's just just nothing to him. Bryce als character. She's a little better in this one, I will say that. I agree with you somewhat, that she is not as just over-the-top and irritating as she is in the first one. And I liked some of the direction that they took her character in. I And I this is going to sound terrible, because I have grown, via interviews and everything else, to really like da- Bryce Dallas Howard, the person... But I've never, ever found her compelling as an actress, and it's not really any different here. I, well, I, I don't want to say never, ever, because she was really good in Black Mirror. But I've i I'm just, outside of Black Mirror, I've never found her compelling. <laughs> and she's not very compelling here either. I didn't really like her performance. So, you know, I, there's sequences that I like. The opening sequence. Uh, there's a lava sequence that is pretty funny and entertaining. Uh There's, you know, a sequence with a sleeping T-Rex that is pretty entertaining that I liked. There's good set pieces in this movie, but there's some bad that I really want to dive into.
1: (laughs) Um, So what what other positives do you have before I go fully negative? Um, I mean that's really it. I mean, I kinda disagree with you with, with Chris Pratt's character. I mean, I think I don't think he was bland. Um, I, I really like the relationship that they focused on with, with I mean, this relationship between Owen and Blue, I really like that aspect. That's some that they good focused stuff too. In, I like that. on there. Because um, I like that he that he has a connection with her. Mm-hmm. And um I like that, that that there's a kind of chemistry there where they're really familiar with one another. Yet they're keeping their distance from mm-hmm. one another, which I really find interesting. And I feel like they could have gone that path, but going into my negatives, the thing that for me, what really screws this movie is the script. My yes. gosh, the script in this movie yeah. is terrible. And I feel really bad because I mean, I mean, this has, I mean, for me, the trailers were, I mean, I, I mean, for me, Carlson, I, I, I don't know about you, Carlson. I, I remember. Um, from what I can remember, I mean you like the trailer to this movie I love the trailer to this movie It was okay. um, yeah. I mean I thought I mean I thought there was gonna be a different movie and and stuff like that but I mean this was just man, um I have no idea what they're what at this point what they're gonna do um there's a twist in this movie where it is the dumbest thing I have seen and I gotta say in 2018 it is the worst twist <laughs> in 2018 um that is it was just a terrible decision especially how they they revealed the twist was terrible it just didn't um,
0: make any sense like it, why it is this in the all. movie it and like it felt why, like a completely different movie why is that in this movie like it's so unnecessary <laughs> it's like so unnecessary and
1: I, and I hated the way they released it, too, because yeah. it was just like, why? Why was that? Like, why did you have to? Okay. So um, I hated, uh, if I got to be honest with you, I hated the performance of Ref Spall. Um, he played Eli Mills. Yeah. <laughs> I hated his performance. He didn't
0: have Terrible. much to work with script-wise either, but, yeah, his performance isn't great.
1: Carl, so will let you take it away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, look, the back half of this movie just, it's a cartoon, that that's the bottom line like i think there's some cool ideas here but a lot of it is just so over the top and cartoonish and uh, uh. like the best <laughs> the best comparison i i've seen with this movie is that it's kind of just like a fast and furious movie like and that comes from our good friends um over at the wanger show by the way cop store guest on the podcast before um from Beardo, he basically said that he enjoyed the movie because he just kind of accepted that these movies are Fast and Furious movies now. And I kind of understand that. I just, uh, you know, I, I don't like the last couple of Fast and Furious movies. So if this is the last couple of Fast and Furious movies, then I'm not on board. <laughs> so uh, it's just, the, the movie is just so dumb. Like there's so many things that happen that are so ridiculous. And the characters speak in this over the top manner. And the villain is just this, corny like ridiculous character and then they try to get pseudo serious with some serious sci-fi aspects but it doesn't fit the rest of the movie and it feels completely out of place and then with just the ultimate decisions that they come to feel so unearned and i i really didn't like the end of this movie and i really didn't like this the third act and You know, there's even in the third act, there's cool sequences. But cool sequences do not make a good movie. You have to have the glue that puts it all together. You can't just have a bunch of cool little set pieces and just throw them in a bland story and a stupid script and expect it to be a good movie. It's not. It's just not. So, you know, I I
1: was highly disappointed by it. Uh, Do you want to rate it? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and give this movie a, a six. Um, I mean, this is a decent movie. Um, I mean, I, I think it is just due to the fact that, I mean, they, they do have some interesting sequences in there and, and, you know, some of the, some of the character decisions in this movie in, in this movie, I, I did actually quite enjoy. Um, but other than that, I mean, this movie is, is, is okay. It's, it's not something that, um, that, that needs to be seen in the theaters. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's overall okay. I'm I'm rating it a six. What are you What are you rating it? Uh, <laughs> I think that that kind of tells you where
0: I'm at. I think that it's somewhere around the middle. But I do think that ultimately there's more bad than good. So I'm gonna be more on the other side of that five line, and I'm gonna give it a four point nine out of ten. It's not good uh but i don't think it's like an awful movie i think that there's enough good sequences that somebody could just go and be like yeah that was okay but i'm more on the other side of that five line so yeah all right anyway we will move on to the final movie and in our not so fast rapid reviews and that is sicario Ooh, uh, talk about a disappointment. <laughs> well, what, it, what I, I mean, I, well, I don't want to speak. I, I've literally heard no opinions from you about this movie, so I don't want to speak for you. Wh- what did you feel? Were you disappointed, like me?
1: Honestly, I didn't even see the first one, and this All one right. did not make me want to see the first one. Well, um, this yeah. one, my goodness, I can convince gracious, you <laughs> this one was so boring to me. This felt. Like Oceans Eight to me, um, with with freaking um, with the, with the reboot that they did this this year. Um, that's that's what this felt like to me. This was boring. I was sitting there. I didn't even know why I cared. Um, I, I didn't know why to care, so I didn't care. Um, my gosh, um, this movie. I mean, I guess the only positives that I that I can give it is is that I mean. I mean the the performances in this movie are, are, are good. Benicio del Toro is great. Um, Benicio del Toro, he, he's great. Um, Josh Brolin, he does a he does a, a really great job as well. Um, Isabella Mo- Monar, um, who who plays the who plays a young girl in this film, I, I think she does a, a pretty good job as well. Um, but the scenes, I mean, she really did actually pretty well um, with the scenes that she was given there. I, I mean, I don't think the performances are bad here. Um, I mean, uh, the cinematography is not bad at all. I, you know, I think what really brings this movie down, which I'll, you know, I'll talk about it in my negatives, but Carlos, what are your, some of your positives that you have? <sighs> um,
0: <laughs> there's some decent action in the movie. I think, uh, like you said, I completely agree with you with the performances, Benicio Del Toro, especially he's the standout here, uh, for me. And I, beyond that, um, I I think there's some decent action sequences. Like I said, um, there's it it says it has some interesting things to say about uh, the political aspect of a lot of the these kind of things and uh, the how the government deals with cartels and stuff like that. All this different stuff and uh, that opening is pretty. Uh, it's kind of intense uh, and just shocking, to be honest, and beyond that, I, I think the best way I can, we can, we can just move on to the other half of this review, the best way I can explain, and it's, again, something I saw online and, uh, on Twitter, <laughs> it was somebody said, hmm, isn't it weird that when you take away a Oscar-winning director in Denis Villeneuve, a oscar win or I don't know if he's ever won, but he's definitely been nominated and he's one of the best directors working today, the, an Oscar-winning and one of the best-of-all-time cinematographers in Roger Deakins and an Oscar-nominated actress in Emily Blunt. The movie's not going to be as good. And that's the thing. What did you expect? Y- you know, you try trying to make a sequel to a great movie, that a, a movie that, to be honest and to be frank, I don't love the first one as much as a lot of people do, but a lot of people love the first one, and it was an Oscar contender in that year, it was a huge fan favorite, it was a huge critical darling, it's a great movie, and you take away the director, Denis Villeneuve, who I even... You know, Ozzy, you you even know how great of a director. I mean, Arrival. Need I say any more? Blade Runner twenty forty nine. There, I even said more. Like he is one of the best directors we have working today, and he directed Sicario, the first one. And he, he said, Nah, I'm good. Roger Deakins, again, best cinematographer one of the best cinematographers of all time. Nah, I'm good. Emily Blunt, she's freaking Emily Blunt. Nah, I'm good. And you still decided to make this movie, why? Why? You know, what did you expect? You're, you're just setting yourself up for failure, for disappointment. It's just, I don't know. Like, of course it's failed. You know, it's stupid. I don't know why this movie is made without the three major components or three of the major components that made the first one work. It's just a bad idea. Uh, sorry to go on the mini rant.
1: Ozzy, what were some of your negatives? Dude, it was a hundred percent the the script, dude. I mean, this movie. I mean, they had a villain, and you didn't even see the villain.
0: It's confusing as hell. Um, this movie is so confusing.
1: Yeah, like I, I didn't know a lot of what was going on because they, were, they kept talking about a villain, uh, like a, like a, like this like this this cartel boss, and yeah. I was like, okay, we're gonna see him. And We never see him. So I was like, <laughs> why did you guys keep mentioning? Why is he, why why even mention him? He's not in the movie. I absolutely hated um, this actor's called this actor's name is uh, Elijah Rodriguez. He plays Miguel Hernandez, and I hated his character. Absolutely hated his character. And Carlos, we don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. I'm talking about the the the, the teenage yeah, yeah. Um, kid. Um, I absolutely hated his character had the exact same facial expression. Um he looked like he was just doing what he was doing just to do what he was doing. Um, I didn't care about So was what it the performance or the I, I character? Hated, I hated both. <laughs> okay. Um I mean I, I mean again this movie was from to me was very very boring. I did not care about anything whatsoever about what was going on in the movie. I mean I think one of the most I mean I think the only one I really cared about honestly was as mourner's, mourner's character and, and that's it because she was she was you know she wanted to get home and i was like can she go home i think <laughs> that's the only thing that i really cared about um other than that i mean i think the film was was it felt like a four-hour movie honestly it, it just dragged on um to me this movie was not compelling at all very disappointing it, it, it's yeah. a disappointment and it makes me not want to watch the first one um but yeah, I mean that's that's all I got for this movie. I mean I'm gonna go for a, a, okay. a five. Yeah, uh,
0: my biggest complaint uh, for this movie is that it's just confused. Like there there's so many things that happen that I really have no idea why they happen. Like I swear they cross the border between Mexico and the U.S. like five times in this movie, and literally three or four out of the five times, I had no idea why they were crossing the border. <laughs> it's just like, things were just happening, and then there's just something really, really dumb that happens towards the end of this movie, really dumb, that just, as soon as it happened, I literally, I think I audibly groaned, I was like, oh, seriously, like, what, what? It's just so dumb. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm in the same range as you, I think there's some good stuff in here, but... It's such a disappointment, so I'm giving it a 5 out of 10 as well. Uh, yeah, it, it's just uh, it's, and it's, it's a generic action movie. That's what this is. They turned a compelling drama with action into an action movie with attempts at some compelling drama. That's what they did. Well, congratulations. You made a movie. That's just the movie. And it's not going to get nominated for anything because you're idiots. Moving on <laughs> um, to the movie that we are going to spend the most time on here, most likely, and that is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Whew. All right, so spoiler free. We're not going to dive into it any of it yet. When we do talk about spoilers, we'll give you a warning. Don't worry. That oh, You can look in the time codes for that as well. Don't worry. All right. So, spoiler-free, Ozzy, what did you think of Ant-Man and the Wasp? This movie sucked, I'm playing. Um,
1: <laughs> I really... I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, I feel like I'm I'm in in the in the minority here. I actually enjoyed this movie. I thought it was fun. Yeah, um, I agree. I, um, I, I know a lot of people... I thought it was okay. I thought it was eh. Uh, I don't know why that is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought this movie was fun. I thought... I mean... I, uh, starting off the positives i mean paul rudd um he does an amazing job playing scott lang and i'm always rooting for him um seems like he's he's a dad always in always in the middle of an unfortunate situation and um so i really do um like his performance um Okay, and I also really liked Evangeline Lilly. I thought um, her and Paul Rudd had really great chemistry together. Um, I thought I thought they two. Uh, I just liked how they were always together, just kind of working together. Um, I like that aspect as well. Um, and I I really do like the fact that I think this is the film um, that really centers in on the Sokovia chords. and I think this one here is when we really see a lot of it taken to effect. Um and how it affects kind of the lives of of, of of a hero and I really like how they really centered in On those accords on this one Um, this takes place around the same time as infinity war. So that's why he's that's why ant-man um, Wasn't in there. Um, because he was dealing with this problem. So I mean, I, I really like the fact that they explained that Um, what are some of your problems?
0: Uh,
1: first of all, I agree
0: with you on Ev- evangeline lily, especially uh she was a character who I didn't really appreciate what they did with her in the first one. I thought like she was okay, but you know there there were moments when I was like she could be a really cool and interesting character. And this one, I feel like they really accentuated the parts of her that are cool and interesting. So I really liked what they did with her in this movie. She, she was definitely better at doing everything than Paul Rudd. That's something that they hinted at in the first one and really comes to fruition in this one. This movie should be called The Wasp and Ant-Man. Let's be honest. like She's so much better than him. But anyway, uh, moving on. I, I think this movie is really funny. Which is definitely uh, a positive, I, I think, that this was much more of a lighthearted adventure than the last Marvel movie we got, obviously. So, you know, and that's fine. I think that's a really, that's a nice break in terms of these Marvel movies to have uh, a, a movie that's just plain old fun. Um, I, I think the story is pretty good. Uh, it could be a little better, but it's, for the most part, it was a pretty solid story. Um, like I said, the humor is definitely a positive. I don't think they used Michael Penny enough, though, by the way. Uh, they needed more of him. Uh, but when they did use him, it was great. Um, yeah, I, ju- I just had tons of fun with this movie. I think the action, I really like the way they use the action in this movie and the physics of it all. Um, but it's just, it, I just really, I really like the way they approach the amp, the kind of going small, then big, and all that kind of, how, how they incorporate all that into the action sequences, which is surprising considering Peyton Reed is a more of a comedy director. So it, it's cool that, you know, he has done so well with these kind of weird and out there action sequences. So I, I, I really those are some of my big positives
1: yeah um i mean another one of my uh, another one of my positives um i really did like hannah donk uh came in as ava she played uh the the villain so to speak uh and, and and man i liked her character um i did like why i did i did understand why she was doing what she was doing she wasn't this great compelling villain yeah, like we've gotten you know this this past year with Marvel having two aces in the hole, with, with Killmonger and with Thanos, mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna call her more of a more of a B minus uh, villain. But I mean, she's she's fine. She does what she needs to go ahead and do, um, and I, I do think that she's fine there. Um, again, the performances in this movie, there, I mean, they, I mean, everybody has chemistry with one another here, so I don't think that they're bad at all. Um, well, some of the performances, will get to that in the negatives. Um, as far as um, Kind of the the mythology and the science between how they're explaining um, how how everything kind of works with the um, quantum realm and just with shrinking and everything. I really do like that. Um, one of the one of the things that that this movie has here, which works to the movie's benefit, is the fact that Scott Lang's suit. Um, some there's there's you know he has various suits and uh, and it's funny because he uses one that has technical difficulties. So I like the fact that it. that's in there because sometimes he has to wear it um and 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 emergencies and i like the fact that they add that um so it kind of it kind of keeps on the edge of your seat when when um when when it goes into that that kind of the kind of frenzy there um but yeah i mean i think that's all i got for for negatives there Uh, i mean positives i'm sorry positives there um carl do you have anything else positives
0: Uh, I really like Lawrence Fishman's character. I think he was the more compelling side of the villain storyline. Um, but yeah, other than that, we can kind of move on to negatives.
1: All right. Um, I think, I think one of my biggest negatives is definitely, I gotta say it's the side villains. Um, you know you yes. have. I yes, completely you, forgot about them because they're so forgettable. Oh my god! Yes, I mean you have <laughs> Walton Goggins here, and I feel bad for him because I mean he's played a villain twice now. Uh, Sonny Birch is his character's name, and why did they give this guy so much screen time? I don't understand. Um, for it's me, like the B story
0: in the movie, but it's so I. Why it didn't need to be there?
1: <laughs> honestly, you could have cut all of his scenes out and it would have come to the exact same outcome probably, probably. <laughs> you did not need to add them there um i mean for me i mean the the thing that that this movie was missing that i mean that people are because i watched this movie with my cousin and he said that it's funny he actually watched the second one and the first one um after the second one I he liked the first one a lot he liked the first one more and i think what they substituted i think what the what, what bad decision that they did here was added Walton Walton Goggins' character, and they took up the personal relationship that Scott Lang had with the ants. Um, I remember—I don't know if you remember the first one, but when he when he is writing that specific ant for a long time, and then when it um, spoiler alert for the first one um, when it gets shot and it dies, you know, I remember in the theater everybody was like, "No." <laughs> You know there's people in the audience who cared about that ant and i was like wow that's crazy and in this one they kind of took that aspect out um and for me i mean they could have added the, that and 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 easily taken out walton goggins character i i feel like they took out um kind of the the, the kind of they took out the relationship that he had with the ants unfortunately
0: mm-hmm. uh yeah that that storyline it's just it's doesn't need to be there uh, I think my the first negative that always that pops in my head is the classic Marvel negative, which I think a lot of the times is unfairly attributed to them. But I think it is true here. The villain is kind of weak. I I disagree with you. I think her performance is fine. Uh, there's some cool aspects to her, but ultimately, like she's not interesting. She's not really compelling. I, you know, there's not there's I I, I was just underwhelmed by the villain aspect of this movie uh as for the overall story uh, yeah it like, like i said it's pretty it's cool but it i was a little underwhelmed by that uh i i wanted a little bit more i wanted a little bit more in the quantum realm um you know i i wanted more michelle pfeiffer you know you you say oh we're gonna cast michelle pfeiffer as um as janet van dyne that's awesome. Michelle Pfeiffer's a great actress, and then she's really not in the movie that much, and that's kind of unfortunate. I wanted more Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I when when should I fit in? I have I, basically I have a uh, review over text from a friend of the program, Tarion When should I read that out? We can read that out now if you want. All right, <laughs> here we go. Uh, I, as soon as he sent me this, I'm like, I'm reading this on the podcast. <laughs> and he's like, all right. <clears throat> Just watched Ant-Man. On a scale of burgers, in and out being hot, funky garbage, and Charm City being dope, dank, fresh, I'd give this movie overall a McDonald's Big Mac. Nothing special. I came here for the secret sauce and left satisfied, but I probably won't buy another Big Mac. Uh, for at least six months, the that ending though I like that edited for ScreenFlow's podcast sake. Crap, I give that a Wendy's chocolate frosty. <laughs> that's our that's our best friend, guys. That's one of them. As soon as he sent me that, I'm like, I have to read this. So basically, if you didn't catch all that, on a scale of um, in and out to Charm City, which is a local to South Florida burger place by the beach, which is great, uh, he gave it a McDonald's Big Mac. So you know, <laughs> he basically said it's it was all right, but I'm not going to be going back and rewatching it. Um, yeah. So and I think that's how a lot of people feel. Uh, and I can get that. I'm a little bit more on the positive side of things overall, but I I, I definitely understand that.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, I guess I agree with you there. I mean, it's not that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, um, I think my biggest negative is, is 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 those is those side characters. I mean, for me, I mean, yeah. they could have been. I mean, I think they took up screen time from. Um, you know, Michael Pena's character. Mm-hmm. I know he was one of the best parts in in the first one. So I just it sucks that, you know, they added those characters in there. Um but yeah, I mean I don't think there's anything wrong with this movie being super lighthearted. I mean No, yeah. That's I fine. mean I mean, what did you want Ant-Man and the Wasp to be? Like another <laughs> sideline story of them fighting like one of the like one of the henchmen from Thanos? No. I mean I think this was I think this was a nice kind of centralized story yeah. overall, and it, it involved family and sacrificing for family, So I think it, it, it's nice. Uh, I thought it was a fun time, and it's definitely one of one of the one of the, um, one, of the uh, one of the best fun times I've had in the in the movies uh, this summer. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think I thought overall it was good. You, you know, um, you know what I think
0: the biggest problem with this movie is ultimately uh, is that the story. While I do think it is solid and it's there. I, I think there's not enough inherent conflict within the story, so they had to inject all these other elements to try to create conflict. Like, they add these side villains to try to add in something to something else to be in their way. So it's not just the character of Ghost. And then they also inject something that I think somewhat fits the char- Paul Rudd's character, but also is kind of annoying, where there's some really dumb decisions that are made that just... They're they're seemingly made. You could make the point that he just kind of makes stupid decisions sometimes. And that's, again, fair, which is why I'm not 100% on this point. But they sometimes the, some of the decisions that are made really feel like they're just there so that it can cause more problems. Uh, there's a specific one that Tarion brought up when he ended up calling me to talk about this movie that I do think is is pretty fair, which we can talk about once we kind of get into spoilers
1: a little bit here. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, we can totally go ahead and get into spoilers right now um, if you want. Do you want to rate it first um, and then jump into spoilers? I've been giving my ratings first, so I'll go ahead and let you go. All right. Uh, I'm going to give this
0: movie about a 7.1. I think it's a good movie. It's a fun Marvel movie. You'll go and enjoy it. It's not one of their best, but it's solid.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go ahead and give this movie a uh, 7.5. I think this is. I mean, I think it's. A, I think it's a solid Marvel movie. I think it's a fun time. Yeah. It's not nothing that's mind blowing, but if you want a fun time at the movies, totally go. Totally go. I think this is. I think this is. This is a fun time. Definitely.
0: All right. So now we are going to talk a little bit about spoilers. Again, time codes will be in the description for this, so you can move on to the next review if you would like to. All right, Ozzy. The thing that I specifically talked to Tarion about and that he kind of brought up was the phone call to Michael Pena where, he's, where he tells him where they are so that he can come meet him. Tarion's point was that decision was just so stupid and all he had to do was literally just tell him over the phone what he needed to change. Like he did not need to come there. And that's definitely. It, it's not the only one. This definitely happens throughout the movie, where decisions are made that just cause more conflict, and it kind of seems like they're just made to cause conflict. Um, but that's definitely a good example of one. And I kind of see where he's coming from there. W- w- what do you feel?
1: What do you mean? Like when? W- w- what situation are you calling about? Like um... uh,
0: where there. Towards the end of the movie where, you know, he tells Michael Pena where he is so Michael Pena can come there and they can and he can show him what they do, what to do so that they don't lose this proposal or whatever. And then Michael Pena gets captured and then they find out where he is, where everybody is. You know, like, why would you tell this guy where you are when you can literally just tell him what you need to tell him over the phone? You know, it, it it that it was just. It's a very again, it's a very specific example, but it's an example of a greater problem. That's that's the point.
1: Um, I mean, I know it had to do with him going over some blueprints um, and everything like that, but I mean, I don't know um, specifically. I mean, there's some things I'm not gonna say it was stupid because I mean, he. It's not like he knew one. It's not like he knew that he was gonna get captured. I know. But and, in general,
0: when you're hiding from people, you're not gonna like say, "Okay, here's what I am." You just don't tell people that. For no, yeah, but, you're hi-
1: I yeah but I mean it's your it's your best friend, and you don't think that that's gonna necessarily happen. What you're hiding from is yeah. the government. I don't think that he knew. Uh, again, I don't want to get too hung up on this specific example no, because um, it's no, no, an no, example. Just, <laughs> okay, okay, but and, I don't think. Okay, in general, yeah. no. I mean, I think that the story just. Wrote him to to do that, and then it was bad luck that it was ended up being a d- terrible. But is decision. that is that good writing? Where it's just like I don't think that's I yeah. don't think that's necessarily good writing. I'm not gonna blame it on the character, but yeah. I'm gonna blame it on the writer. No, that's what we're um, saying. That's the point.
0: That that it's just Terry when he was discussing that he described it as lazy writing, and I think that's a fair point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I can agree with that statement. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean. Again, we didn't need those characters. I mean... Yeah,
0: and that's another symptom of lazy writing. It's like, how do we create more conflict here? Let's just throw in this other third party that has nothing to do with anything, just to randomly cause chaos whenever they show up.
1: The reason why I will defend the villain is because I think there's a good concept there. I agree. I mean, I I think she... I mean, I think the performance was good. I don't think it was like stellar or anything Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, I do think um, you know, they had an interesting concept with her where she had to kind of draw from the quantum realm to kind of cure herself. Mm. And I think that would make anybody desperate. You know what I mean? If, if you have uh, a certain Definitely. timeline to live, you want to go ahead and, and do what you can and you want to do whatever it takes. I mean... Um, if, if you're that desperate, of course, and that's where she was. That's why I don't find, I mean, that's why for me, I mean, I don't think she was necessarily a, a bad villain. Um, but I do think that they could have made her more, um, I think that they could have made her better, um, and more compelling, and maybe even given her, um, an A rating as, as like a, as a villain per se, um, if they would have focused more on that villain, mm-hmm. if you would have given her more scenes, if you would have done Definitely. that um but that's where they failed at this point in time because i mean Mm they were just trying to give these side characters so much um of a storyline i mean they weren't even compelling either um i was so annoyed every time i saw these guys on screen i was like dude can we like get back to her because she's more interesting and she's more menacing um and to me i mean i was even i mean for me i was like she is i mean i mean think about it i mean Mm -hmm. you're this person is desperate to live, and they're willing to do every anything. And she has the she she has powers to take to take that by force. I mean, for me, I found her very compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, in that and that regard, but I mean, they they completely missed um giving her more compelling scenes by just making those guys um, be less villain. I yeah. mean, I mean, so I mean it, it was for me, it was ridiculous. Definitely. Uh, all right, well, let's talk about, uh, I, I like the decision that
0: it kind of seems like she's going to be a factor moving forward, um, which is pretty cool. And then let's talk about the end where the post post credit scene or the first one or whatever you want uh, I mean, <laughs> so essentially, I mean, they basically eliminated the entire like cast of this movie, right? Like, I mean, yes, yeah, um, Scott is still alive, but, I mean, he has no way of getting back to like, he's stuck subatomic, so he's essentially as useful as the rest of them. That was a interesting choice, and it was certainly uh, shocking, to say the least, uh, but it's also terrifying. Like, I think that they did a great job of kind of capturing the sense of fear from him when he realizes that they're not answering. Like, they're not coming to or they're not going to bring him back because they they're either gone or he doesn't know what happened to him like and you could hear it in his voice I think it was a great job by Paul Rudd there uh, because man that's that's I mean that's pretty scary so
1: yeah I mean I think one of the best I mean things that, I mean when he when, when he's like all right guys come on stop joking and then it just panned over to them all being dust now yeah. Man, I mean that was just crazy. And he was like, guys, come on, stop seriously stop talking around. Bring me back up. And it was just man, um, very intense. I loved it. And I wanna see how they bring it back. I mm-hmm. mean, maybe Tony um, can figure out a way to bring him back. Um maybe Tony and, and, and Bruce can figure out a way to bring him back. Maybe. Um and maybe Shari as well. I mean we didn't we didn't see her um turn into dust in, in Infinity War. Um, But, I mean, yeah, yeah, man, I I cannot wait to see what happens next year with that because, dude, that's crazy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely. All right, well, I think we should probably move on um, to the next thing. So, basically, what's going to happen here? We're going to throw it to a review with me and two special guests for Won't You Be My Neighbor, and then after that, we will come back and recap the last couple of episodes and the finale of Westworld Season 2. Enjoy the next couple sections. Alright, and now we are joined by not only one guest, but two guests. So, joining me right now, we have our... uh, Wonderful. I don't know what your title is anymore. I don't know either. <laughs> but it's Enrique. How are you doing, Enrique? I'm doing fan flip fantastic. And we also have a long <laughs> long friend of the show and former head of video production, Miles. How are you doing?
2: Good. It's been a productive day. <laughs> a day where I slept in and happened to be productive. So it's the best day you could imagine. So
0: fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Miles, last time he was actually on the podcast, (laughs) he called out uh, us for not inviting him on enough, and uh, then we recorded me and Enrique recorded a car cast, which we never actually released because the audio was 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 terrible. well the audio was terrible imagine. and well the the concept I think is there. Yeah, okay. We just need we, the technology have, and the setup. We have yeah. further ideas to expand out into a canoe cast. Yes, the canoe cast is there as well but that's Dang. yeah. We we've got we've like, got to perfect the car cast first yeah, before we okay. even like try the and, and then we yeah. can do a, a
3: plane cast. <laughs>
0: a plane cast. <laughs> oh gosh. You got to be in first class for a plane cast. Uh, yeah. You can't do plane really? cast. No, we'll code. just record it in the bathroom. <laughs> No, it's a terrible <laughs> idea.
2: Yes, sir. Bring in, you
0: just bring in all these cables into the bathroom, that's going to go over don't well. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're not terrorists. What is that buzz? <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, Miles was on the car cast that was never released. Uh, and yeah. it's unfortunate that it wasn't released because we actually had a really good discussion. And the subject that we talked about, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point on the podcast for real, um it's just gotten more and more interesting as time has gone on. We yeah. talked about movie pass and things have gotten a lot crazier even oh since goodness. we talked.
2: The stock is like at twenty five cents for <laughs> sure. Yes. It's oh. insane. Oh, it's horrible.
0: Yeah, it is uh, it is Let's buy some stock. <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> Honestly, it might my mom it might go back I was home. talking about my mother about this. What if it just goes up? It's pretty cheap. You're mm-hmm. not really gonna lose much on it, so if you wanna invest we get in movie We'll put a little bitcoin, in put
3: a little movie pass. Yeah, same company.
2: Basically. I bet the people that own movie pass are the people who are uh, being the, the champions for Bitcoin. Yeah. no, this is going to be the next big thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. All right, well, we are here to the reason we have both these fine gentlemen on the podcast right oh, now. Fine, whoa, okay, is to talk about the documentary that has gotten insane acclaim. It is, like, this documentary, like, people are, like, saying, oh my gosh, I cried three times, I'm sure we're gonna hear some of these things. It's the
3: Infinity War of documentaries. (laughs)
0: Basically, everyone is raving about this thing. Um, So, me and Enrique finally got a chance to see it. Miles, how many times have you seen it now?
2: I wanted to see it a third time, but I've only seen it twice. (laughs) Okay. uh, Which isn't enough, but it, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was wondering, because I know you had said you wanted to see it uh, a third time, but I, I knew you were at two at least. So, anyway, we're talking about the documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor?, which is about the famous old children's television show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And Ooh, it's yeah. mostly, it's really about Mr. Rogers, the person, and also the show. <laughs> which is yeah. not a bad thing, because he is a very interesting person that I knew nothing about. So... All right, well, let's get into it. Miles, you definitely, I think the order, based on what I, my previous knowledge, the order of excitement about this movie goes Miles number one, Enrique number two, me number three. So let's start with you, Miles, because you're clearly okay. the most excited and loved the, this movie the most out of all of us. Why do you love this movie so much?
2: Uh, I love this movie so much because I think it was honestly one of those things where it was the timing in which I saw the movie. Uh, I feel like in this day and age with all these politics and nerd debates and sexual assaults and all this like seemingly divide, uh, this movie is really about what it means to truly see the best in other people. Um, and honestly, as someone who did not watch the show, I honestly had no idea who Mr. Rogers was. Same. I just heard a lot of buzz. I didn't even read any reviews on it. I just went into it with an open mind. And very rarely, I think the last movie that had this effect on me was Sing Street, when I saw a movie, and immediately I wanted to talk to other people about (laughs) it. And I literally, the next day, I was so enthusiastic about it that my whole family got tickets to see it uh, the next evening, uh, just because the message was so, like, old and refreshing uh, at the same time. But something that really impacted me on a deep level.
3: Awesome. But we can
2: get into the rest of the stuff in a bit. But, yeah, yeah that was, like, the overall impression.
3: Yeah. Uh, Ricky, what about you? Okay. So, Mr. Rogers. I knew, okay, I didn't, I knew of him. I knew of the show. But I didn't know too much. And then the first trailer came out. And immediately after I saw the first trailer, I'm like, I'm gonna need to see this movie. The first trailer is really well edited, and it, the movie is basically like the trailer, but really long, and it's great. It was a great movie. It was a great. Doc- I'm on a documentary <laughs> kick lately. Yes, he's watching a lot of documentaries,
0: and this just added to uh, some more. It was
3: great. It was great.
0: Yeah. Alright, so based on my opening statements, people are probably going to think I hated this. I did not hate this movie. I actually, <laughs> I actually uh, really enjoyed this movie. I think it is very good. I'm not like as enraptured in it as a lot of people seem to be, especially the people on this very podcast. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> I do think it is a very good documentary. I also think part of the problem with me is documentaries just generally aren't my thing. There's been <laughs> very few that have really, really grabbed my attention. Um, so that that is also a factor when it comes to my enjoyment level of this movie. It's just like I enjoyed it about as much as I can enjoy any documentary. It's just not my thing. Um, that being said, let's kind of get into positives. Uh, the subject matter is obviously... I mean, you're, you're right, Miles. The message here is very, very refreshing. And it's very interesting. And they also they weren't afraid to kind of Ask questions of the message and be a little critical of it, especially towards the end of the documentary. Yeah. They kind of go, yeah. uh, they bring up the point that people have some issues and think that maybe his, the message that he was bringing on his show caused a lot of, um, I don't know, how, well, how did they phrase in the documentary? Criticism? No, caused a lot of entitlement, where people think that they're. Oh yeah, people
3: thought they, everyone, they thought they were all special, and they deserved everything. And
0: I'm glad they they brought that up because I'm sure that is there that would be a criticism coming out of this movie they didn't even address it but they did address it so I actually appreciated that on top of the fact that the message is actually like you said it's very refreshing and heartfelt uh, you know and you're right miles in this day and age with something that we needed so uh, what's what are some positives you have miles hmm.
2: Yeah I thought man it's it's very, documentaries I, I'm not a huge documentary person. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like I get a pre-crafted one when I see it. Yeah. Like, what was the one? I think the one that you recommended, I think, two years ago, the documentary on O.J. Simpson. Oh, yeah. Uh, But yeah, I would say that I would describe the movie uh, Mr. Rogers or Won't You Be My Neighbor is extremely cinematic. Uh, And not only, I think it does the talking heads, the interviews really well because they do feel very authentic. Like even the, the filmmaker, man, I forget the name of the person who directed this movie, uh, but he really conducted super genuine interviews. But even in some of the, the footage uh, of Mr. Rogers himself felt very like real in the way that it was edited and strung together. But yeah.
0: Definitely, definitely. Enrique?
3: Um, I completely agree with what both of you guys said, but... Um... It just, the message, we talked about that a little bit, but the message is, it's so different than what we're used to getting today. And it, we could use that right now, to be honest. And it was just, um, I don't even know. It was so good. It was just so good. I love this documentary. But to touch more on what Miles said too, um, the, it, the talking head docu, or the, the interviews were edited really well together. It didn't feel, sometimes when you watch a documentary, you can feel it's choppy. This one blended in so well. And everyone was so genuine, and it was just... And even, like, we covered a lot of time in this documentary. Like, we covered his entire <laughs> life, but it just goes by yeah. so fast.
0: Yeah. And one thing I do, like, one of the more fascinating things, and that's something we can definitely talk about, is some of the things that really uh, interested you when they started talking about it, was, number one how different the television landscape was when this oh, yeah. show started <laughs> like he was he basically just said like i was seeing the stuff on tv and i was like this isn't what kids need i need to make my <laughs> own show and then he was like and then i went to the station and they gave me a show <laughs> it's like okay uh that, yeah, like, that doesn't that. work anymore <laughs> i wish it worked. Uh, like that. you know it, it just it was very fascinating to see kind of like w- at the beginnings of tv like kind of how different it was to kind of get in on that and how someone who, like Mr. Rogers, was able to get in on the ground floor of television and kind of grow up with the medium of television. But then also not really change because he doesn't really change his message at all throughout. Even (laughs) when TV is getting more and more violent, more and more everything. In your face. He kind of stuck to his game plan which i found interesting and again i think that only works because he was able to get in on the ground floor um another thing that i found really interesting was they talk a lot about uh, and they they use a lot of his interviews for this as well they talk about how how he thought about child development and what, how he viewed that as so important and how he approached it and how it was so much different than a lot of other people approached it. How he wanted to emphasize on children's feelings and ba- validate their feelings and say, it's okay to have feelings. Like, And that's so interesting because it's nev- that's never been something that I've thought of in terms of child hmm. development and child psychology. And I thought those were some of the more interesting aspects of the documentary, is him talking about those kind of things. And then, obviously, one of the more compelling scenes in the entire thing is... uh, The very end. Well, the very end, and, well, for me, one of the more compelling things was uh, the Senate hearing. I thought that was a really, really interesting uh, scene as well, which is something, again, I knew nothing about, and you wouldn't think that that would, like... It seems like it was from a movie. It, yeah. se- it seemed like that wouldn't really yeah. happen. This felt like a movie. Like, it didn't feel yeah. like real life. Uh, but what what are some of the things that uh, really grabbed your attention? Uh, you guys can talk about the emo. I've heard multiple people say they cried. Were you cri- criers in this? I did not. I
3: and did I'm not, normally a crier in movies. I did not cry. I came very close at the end, though.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I feel like, because a lot of people, when they cry in movies, they talk about, like, I don't know, The Lion King, or I don't know if people cry in Citizen Kane, but I'll just say Citizen okay. Kane because it needs to have a name drop. But this movie it kind of impacted me in less like the sad stuff, mm-hmm. even though there were, were those moments because he was a person, and it's not shy to address some of the downfalls, Yeah, but I think this, the message is so profound. And even, ah, I forget which scene it was specifically, I don't want to spoil the movie, so mm-hmm. I'm glad I forgot. <laughs> There's this way that this movie uses animation. Yes. That is another device that is incredibly cinematic. in
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, the way that it, man, I don't want to get into specifics, yeah. but I'll just say it kind of gets in the head of who Mr. Rogers was. Yes. Uh, and even in how, I, I didn't even watch this show, but I found it so fascinating how these different characters in the show, represented some real aspects of who he was, mm-hmm. uh, and in many ways, he was this insane, weird dude that had no business being on TV. Oh, so weird, yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's fascinating that he was on TV, and for mm-hmm. like thirty-three years, yeah. Like people watched that crap in the nineties. Like I, <laughs> I was I didn't grow up on this, but it, it's a, it seemed like yeah. the show didn't really change. Yeah. much in terms of how it uh evolved in terms of format
3: mm-hmm. but just, the way
2: that it addressed different issues i guess that helped it to survive.
3: Mhm. I just loved how they presented him because they they did like at one point they call him the second christ and i'm like <laughs> okay like that's a little much but yeah. And then but also they show his like flaws like he's not 100% perfect and they they represent that
0: mm-hmm. adequately. Definitely. Definitely. Um, all right, do you guys have any other glowingly positive things you want to say before we move on to quote-unquote negatives?
2: Yeah, I think the last thing I'll add, and this isn't probably something that we need to get into a ton, mm-hmm. uh, but I think one thing that connected with me personally so much is the movie didn't shy away from Mr. Rogers' belief system Definitely. Uh, as a Christian, and I think the temptation would be for a lot of movies in this day and age to do that, Uh, But even seeing the way that he embraced more of the spiritual side of things and truly addressing that kids and children are worthy of being loved, I feel like for anyone who's a human being, it's one of those movies where I have a very hard time imagining people not connecting with something in it. Mm -hmm. And that's a very rare thing. I even scrolled through Rotten Tomatoes To sort of see some of the more negative reactions after seeing that. And they are few and far between. But for the most part, I think it really is going to connect with people on a spiritual level as well. I think anyone can
0: watch this movie and find some sort of connection to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it focuses a lot on the psychology of children and everyone has been a child. (laughs) So I think that helps.
2: uh, Some people are still children.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's move on to negatives. And Enrique looks like he's straining here. Oh, he doesn't know what he's going to talk about. <laughs> I really don't. Let's go. Um, um, I, I I don't, I, like, I'm not going to get super negative. It's just I think a lot of m- uh, my thing, like I said with this movie, it's just, like, uh, it, it's just not as fascinating to me as I feel like it probably could have been, but there are some super fascinating aspects to it. But one area where they touch on that I feel like they don't touch on enough, it's just something that kind of, like, is mentioned, is there are multiple references to homosexuality in this, where there's a point where they even, like, say, oh, there was rumors that he was. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, And then they (laughs) kind of say, but he wasn't. And... That, that was it. Like, we're done with that. Like, I feel like that should have been something a little bit more. Like, we should have dwelt on that a little bit more. That seems like something else. And then there's also um, another person who is interviewed who that is a discussion point with. And I don't think they, adri- they dive into that as much as they could have. I feel like that could have been definitely more explored. And they reference it. Like, they, they talk about it later in the documentary again. And I feel like... I feel like that wasn't earned. I, I didn't, like, get enough about that before to now you say, oh, he's, you know, whatever. I, I don't want to get too much into details. It's really hard. But, um, yeah, so, I don't know. That's one specific thing with me. But what about you guys? Do you guys have anything? Enrique, you look like you're really straining. Do you have anything?
3: Yeah,
2: Enrique, you go. <laughs>
0: um, okay, so, like, it gets really emotional
3: at the end. That could have been spread out more. Okay.
0: I guess, I don't know. Uh, Miles, what about you?
2: I kind of, I get, I I see what you're saying. I think, man, I don't know if I want to call it a fundamental flaw. Because I think the movie is pretty close to perfect in my mind. Okay. But I will say, I think the movie, especially after the second viewing, I could see how someone would say that the movie tends to get a little repetitive. Mm Mm-hmm and i think the it seems like the filmmakers and everyone involved with it is so on board with repeating that theme and repeating the positivity that mr rogers brought that some of those negative moments and maybe some of the more messy moments like the one that you acknowledged may have been overlooked maybe not necessarily as explored Mm-hmm. As some would like, but at the same time I feel like it flowed so well. Yeah. So you kinda have to pick your battles and you're making a movie about someone's life.
0: Yeah, true. True. Alright, well, I think that pretty much wraps up our discussion here. Um We I know like Enrique and Miles, you guys probably would like to talk about this movie even more and you probably could. <laughs> but this is going to be a spoiler alert and kind of pull back behind the curtains. Uh, we're recording this before the main episode's getting recorded, so I have no idea what the length of that episode's gonna be. So, <laughs> nice. um, I, I think we should cut this a little bit short just for uh, safety's sake. um Thank you guys for joining us. I don't know if you guys want to rate it. I don't know how to rate documentaries, but we can if I don't you want. Know. I don't know either. We don't have to. I, it just—I think was it was good, good to go see it. it. Yeah. Either way, yeah. go see it. That's the bottom line. Go see it. You'll like it.
2: So um, guarantee. if you don't if you don't I feel Fight like me. this is a sociopath test <laughs> like genuinely if you don't like this movie I'm calling you out Ozzy uh, <laughs> as I've done many times in the past old wounds never heal well, or whatever they see, say see this is good because now
0: I can tell Ozzy that you called them out on this part of the podcast they'll I'm calling listen a to listen to the whole thing <laughs> and then will want to see the movie <laughs> oh man all right. Well, thank you Miles and Enrique for joining me for this portion of the podcast. Again, we recommend this documentary. Definitely go check it out. It is pretty wide. I mean, it's in Lynchburg, Virginia, so if it's here, oh, you should be able I'd to find something. Yeah, you should be able to find it anywhere uh, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, shut up. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, so definitely go check that out. Thank you for joining us, Miles. Miles, where can people find you on the internet if you still are on the internet?
2: I still am, in fact. Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles underscore Haruki. I don't tweet much, but I will like your tweet and sometimes retweet it once in a blue moon, so give me a follow.
0: All right. Enrique, what are you? Follow me on Twitter at CBOGA635. Okay. There we go. He just had to struggle to remember that, but he remembered it.
3: I did it. Oh, or wait. I have a photography Instagram
0: at Enrique.photos. Go check that out. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Well, I don't know if there's going to be the, at the end, so I will say maybe goodbye. Maybe see you in the next segment. All right. So now we are going to talk about Westworld Season 2. And because of our little uh, hiatus, we are uh, we, we missed the last, what, three episodes, Ozzy?
1: Yeah, I want to go ahead and say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I And that's really unfortunate because, uh, first of all, I think um, the third to last episode, I believe, I could be getting the order wrong. Hold on while I uh, Google the order. Uh, the, the Basically, what, I, what I'm what g- i getting around to saying is that the last couple episodes have been my favorite. The last three episodes were uh, it's from solid or really, really good to just flat out incredible. Um, I really love the last three episodes. What did you think of them?
1: I mean, honestly, it's been such a long time has. <laughs> since since I watched them. Um, so I, I can't tell you. I mean, if I love them or not. Um, I mean, I, I can tell you uh, the season finale was really good. Um, from what I again, from what I remember, it's been it's been a while. Yes. <laughs> um, um, so I, excuse me if I'm not a hundred percent if I'm not a hundred percent accurate with some of the moments anything like that that happens in the sh- in the show um but i mean going off of what i remember i mean this was a very climb i mean this was a very explosive season finale um with everything that really took place there and i really like the fact that everything now becomes so much clearer and i like the fact that now it's you know this has basically turned into a war and, and some sort between the hosts. Not, they're not only fighting humans, but they're also fighting um, themselves, which is something that I really, um, I really like. And I know you yeah. guys are going to say, "Ozzy, well, duh." Of course, they're fighting themselves. themselves. Like that's what they typically do. Um, no, I, I mean this one is between um, Bernard and Dolores, mm-hmm. um, which I find really, really interesting. And I think that he, Bernard is going to become. Um, a major, major, major um, player in this show from now (laughs) on. I mean, it's kind of insane because I I didn't think so. I thought it was going to be May, but no, it's going to be um, Bernard.
0: I am so curious about how they're going to move this going forward. But uh, before we get there, let's talk about these episodes. I will refresh your memory on what they are. I have them sitting right in front of me here. So episode 8, Kiksuya, I don't know how to say that, is the episode that is mostly about... Uh, the Ghost Nation and uh, their pseudo-leader, I guess, and his backstory. This was an episode that basically got universal praise. Uh, Everyone loved this episode, and I completely understand why. My goodness, Uh, this is a character who we've kind of seen floating through the background of this show, but we've never really given a second thought to. And they gave him a lot of depth, and uh, he, he... Ended up being a very, very important character in this show. That I, you know, I really like the performance, first of all. And second of all, I mean, you know, the fact that, like, when they, uh, when the humans find him and they're like, my goodness, he hasn't been updated in 10 years. That means, like, I, I need people to understand what that means. That means this dude hasn't died in the park in 10 years. Because if he's never been updated, that means he's never been taken by the humans, and like literally given an update. And the only way that's possible is if he has literally never died in ten years. What? That is insane. And he's like one of the leaders of like basically trying. Like, he he knew about the maze, and he was he he had this idea for forever. So he, he's basically been ahead of the entire curve, ahead of all these characters that we're rooting for. And to reveal that and show his whole backstory and why he is the way he is and how he is important, I, I found that episode super compelling. Do you remember this episode at all, Ozzy?
1: Okay, now I do. Um, yeah, dude, I found his character to be awesome. And, uh, man, I mean, I, it one of my favorite episodes, honestly, when it comes to just introducing a character that we all don't think is going to be important at all. And, you know, I was honestly scared for this episode due to the fact that they screwed up the, <coughs> excuse me, the, um, the Shogun, World, say, episode? The Shogun World episode, World um, so I was like, man, I don't know how they're going to, I don't know how they're going to do this because they're going to try to do it with the Shogun episode. And man, this episode was, 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 was amazing. I mean, I agree with everything that you just said. I mean, um, with the performance, with the backstory, uh, just with his personal story too. I mean, it was just. Man, you fell for him, um, and, and you fell for, you know, some some of these characters there. And I really like the fact that they gave in the perspective mm-hmm. of him going into Maeve's um home at that point in time and then being able to communicate with her. I thought that was really awesome. Yeah. Um, definitely one of my favorite aspects there at that point in time. Um it's just, just really cool just to see him um speak to her. Um, and them them finding like a a way to coexist and from them finding like a really uh, you know finding an understanding with one another I I really do enjoy that much uh, of the episode right there
0: and the framing device of him telling Maeve's daughter the story and then the reveal at the end that Maeve has been kind of listening through her daughter uh, because Maeve is basically a superhero at this point. Uh, she's, like, controlling hosts and she can, like, read into people's minds and stuff. So Maeve is listening to this story being told to her daughter. And he basically, at the end, talks directly to Maeve because he realizes what's happening. Like, it's it, it was a great episode. It really was. Um, Alright, moving on to the next episode. Which was, I don't know if it was overall as good as um, episode 8. But episode 9 had a moment that had a lot of people talking, number one. And number two was one of the shocking and most well-executed, in my opinion, uh, scenes and moments in the entire show. This episode is called Vanishing Point, And it is the episode where, let's just skip right to the big thing. William shoots and kills his daughter. Um. Good lord. <laughs> as soon as that happened, I was like, okay. We are going there because wow. Uh I I think this show has done an incredible job of portraying Williams degeneration as a human being. To the point where he does what he does, and then he literally starts cutting his own arm in this episode because he wants to prove to himself that he's a human being. What like this show <laughs> like But the thing is, this episode wouldn't work if you didn't believe that he had been driven so crazy to this point. That he believed so truly that she was just a host. And, but you believe it. Because they've set it up so well that he actually believes this. He legitimately believes that she's just a host. It doesn't matter. And then for him to make that decision... And then him to realize what he had done, and I don't even know. I mean, that's a good question. Do you think he fully admitted to himself by the end of the episode that it was actually his daughter?
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, I think. Uh, I think he. I think he didn't. Yeah. Um. I don't think he didn't because oh. I don't think he would have been able to move. I mean, on. he considered killing himself, but he ended up not doing it. I think he was gonna get there, but i I think he ultimately stuck with the hope that his daughter is still alive, mm-hmm. which kept him going yeah uh what I mean, what did you
0: think of this episode though overall
1: I mean it, it was it's kind of like we saw a different side to the man in black. Um, <laughs> we saw him going mad, um which is not something that i would that I would think we would see him mm-hmm. do um due to the fact that he just really wants to find what the purpose of the of the of of the park is um so to speak and man um he is just this season he has just taken a huge hit oh yeah he's taking a lot of, of of damage um and and i think i think this just adds to it and I really do like the aspect that they kind of qu- that they kind of have him going crazy, yeah. um, and that he kind of drove himself there. If you think about it, mm-hmm. uh,
0: well, let's talk about another big moment in this episode, and this is kind of the episode where everyone was kind of like, "What is this Game of Thrones?" Like everyone is freaking dying. Um, Teddy kills himself in this episode at the end, and that was a moment that I didn't think. When I realized what was happening, I was like, "I don't know if I'm gonna like. Am I really gonna care?" But I actually like, I was pretty, I was, I was, I was caring. I was caring about this. Like, I really was. I was like, I'm surprised at how much I actually care about the fact that Teddy just killed himself. And, you know, I, again, it's a matter of this doesn't work if you don't buy the motivation behind what's happening. And I buy it because Teddy is a character who, at his core, is good. And to, for him to realize what Dolores has done to him, and to make that decision, I believe it. I think it works. I really do think that it was a decision that felt natural I felt like something that Teddy as a character would do. Uh what what did you think about uh that moment as well?
1: I really like that moment and I felt really bad for him because oh, it is heart wrenching so <laughs> he's a She's tra it's just a tragedy. Yeah. Um because he realizes, you know, he's not good enough for her, he loves her too much, but yet he's so conflicted because she changed him, physically changed him into somebody that he's not. And I feel like that's so insane that he was able to just look into all of that. And I really do like the monologue that he really gives to her before he, before he goes ahead and, and shoots himself. Cause she was she was even caught off guard, and man I mean that was just that was just so sad to see his character kind of go that like, like that and 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 be taken out like that it was it was really sad to see him go
0: mhm um, yeah i i definitely definitely agree all right well, let's move on to the season finale and Look, I'm not going to try to explain everything that happens in the season finale because it would take forever and it would be really confusing. Uh, We're assuming that if you're listening to this, you've watched the show and are caught up. But uh, Ozzy, what did you think of the season finale?
1: If any, I mean, if anything felt like a Game of Thrones episode, it was the season finale. I mean, geez Louise, it's <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people. I mean, a lot of people died this episode, oh, yeah. um, and I'm even wondering if they're coming back for next season. Um, that's, I mean, it, it was just really insane, and I think one of the best sequences was with William and with Dolores when he starts to shoot at her, and she's she's just not going down. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, and, and and he ends up hurting himself trying to kill her, um. And and it's so funny to me how he was one of the smartest, most wise people in in the first season, and now due to the fact that the hosts are becoming more aware, becoming more sentient, you know, he ended up being one of the most arrogant characters this season, if not the most character uh, arrogant character this season um and i i found it just really really awesome just to see it and kind of you know really take on this as well like wow like i'm i'm really not making good decisions um yeah so i found it that, that 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 you know really interesting here and mm-hmm. then the last scene of the finale um man um at this point in time i'm I, th- I mean, I think they're basically verified at the end of the episode here um that the man in black is a host,
0: yes, and that's the question. How long has he been one it, i this is this is something that i'm i'm just i'm really curious if they're gonna explain this. he doesn't I don't know if you know I would think he'd be a character that would come back next season, but uh, you know, ha- I don't know, like, they've got to give us something here, or do they leave us hanging, I don't know, it's strange, um, but yeah, that, that was definitely a huge reveal, and it was in a post credit scene, so, um, yeah, hopefully you caught that, um, another question I had with this finale, because this, this finale left me with tons of questions, because, um, Number one, where did Dolores send the host, or yeah, where did Dolores send the host's, like, paradise or whatever? Uh, she said she was sending it to a safer place. Where? What does that mean? Where is she sending it? Uh, number two, Dolores, you know, we get this huge moment, which was awesome, where Dolores is, re- like, uh, Bernard basically decides that he is going to um, revive Dolores in a copied body of uh, Charlotte and then he has Dolores in Charlotte's copied body kill Charlotte (laughs) and then basically so she can leave the park because she's she basically takes the spot of Charlotte um but then later in the episode towards the end we see Dolores and Charlotte walking out of a room together after they rebuild Arnold Or Bernard, or whatever. So, are there, like... which Did Dolores take her mind out of Charlotte and then put a different mind in Charlotte? Is there two Doloreses now? I'm very confused by that. That was a very strange sequence to me. And I want someone to explain it to me. Um, But... Ultimately, there were so many twists and turns in this episode, and it's incredible that I, they were able to honestly keep me pretty engaged for as long as this finale was. This is like an hour and a half finale, uh, and I mean, I was pretty engaged the entire time, and a lot of it is talking about like, oh, they've got to get this host data, and they've got to get this guest data, and like, it's talking about a lot of like seemingly uninteresting things. But they made it really, really entertaining and interesting. And I really like the finale. I think there are tons of questions that arise from it. But I don't think it's as confusing as a lot of people made it out to be. A lot of people coming out of this episode were like, I am so confused. If you understood that, you mm-hmm. must be, like, ridiculously, like, smart or something. Or, you like, you are pretending that you understood it. I, I don't think, like, there's too much to understand understand. I think there's definitely questions that they raise. But I mean, I, I mean, you got what was happening, right, Austin?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't think it was very entirely confusing. I don't understand what was confusing about it. Um, they went to another world. I, I don't understand. What's <laughs> it's like I was about like, that. why is
0: this confusing?
1: Uh, but anyway. yeah, like I, like when you were telling me that this like this episode kind of goes out of the world, I'm like, okay, I'm 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 probably gonna get Nolan. Um, <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is. They're going to a, what I took as yeah you know an electronic world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was just like, um, I'm I'm like I wasn't I don't I didn't really understand like what was so confusing about that. Um, but no, I mean I think this was um I mean a really good episode. I mean, I got I mean I gotta kind of say I mean I'm kind of disappointed that some of the characters that I thought that were humans are becoming hosts now. I thought they were more. Mostly the William thing, right? <laughs> yeah, and also Ashley. I mm-hmm. didn't know if he was also a host either, because he kind of what I got from his interaction with with Dolores playing Hale at that point in time, I was just like, yeah, that was interesting. I was that, like, that was interesting. because like, he was just like, I, I don't let any hosts escape escape, and he was just giving her all this, and I was like, does Does he know? He, and is I, he a host? They were really hinting that he like, knew,
0: but I couldn't tell. Like I think he was a he, right? He was a host. He said,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Cause he was also saying, like, I've been like I was one of the first ones that they hired. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, he's a freaking host. They designed him. Okay. Yeah. He's another he's another, he's another Bernard at this point in time. So I mean, I was just really so like I don't know. It's like at this point in time, like you don't know. Yeah, it's kind of weird because if I'm comparing this to Game of Thrones, you don't know who's gonna die in Game of Thrones, and this show, you don't know who's human, who's not. So it's just, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, it's just really, it's really kind of crazy um, where where the show is going. Well, that, um,
0: this has been the, some of the criticism of the show, which and. I complete. I understand where people are coming from with this. Is that the show has this sense of not knowing where they're going? That they're kind of just making things up as they go along. Now, the producers of the show have gone out of their way to expressly say that they have a plan. They're not just throwing crap at the wall. They're not making it up as they go along. They have a plan for the end game of the show. I certainly hope that's true because I completely understand why people would look at this and go they have no idea what they're doing they're just making scrap up uh but you know I I just I really hope there's an end game and HBO has been pretty good about knowing when to end their shows and ending them in a timely fashion I don't think we're going to get a walking dead situation here where this show's going to go on for forever and it's just going to wander around in nothingness I think they have a plan I hope so at least Uh, so, I, I don't know. Uh, and I think a symptom of this, uh, at least perceived flaw in the show that, you know, they're just making the stuff up is this whole, you know, everyone's a host thing. Uh, I think a lot of people do feel the same way as you, Ozzy, that, you know, what, are we just gonna make everyone a host? And a lot of people aren't really liking that aspect of it. So, I hope we don't get any more big reveals like that. I, I think if... If you know, if we weren't already good on those kind of reveals, like if Bernard wasn't good enough, we're definitely good now. We don't need any more of those big, like he's a host reveals. We don't. So, like, I really hope we're done with that for now, um, at least. Uh, so I, I definitely <laughs> I mean, agree with you, uh, at yeah, least I mean, I to think, a certain extent.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think with Bernard it was great, and then I think also oh, was, I think having. Was. I mean, then I think having you know the men in black. I mean, especially Ed Harris being his age, yeah. being able to kick, being able to kick so much butt at that age, and, and then being able to yeah. take as many hits. I was like, "How is this man still alive?" and and he is still kicking. And I had started <laughs> to wonder that too, because like, as this we progress, like five, yeah. six times, and yes. it's just like he is still walking around, like. Oh, that's holy. the thing as we progressed along
0: with this season like he kept getting more and more beat up and kept coming back and coming back and I was like eh, we might need to like yeah we might be going towards he's being a host like I definitely had that thought but I wasn't like like oh he's definitely a host no it was just a thought um so yeah I that one I kind of understand. The, the other one, I, you know, he's a minor character, so it didn't bother me as much, but I, I think we're good. That, that's the bottom line. I think, okay, we're, we're good with those. We don't need any more of those reveals. We
1: don't. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I mean, personally, I really like um, he's a Hemsworth brother. I don't have his name pulled up. Let me go ahead and pull it up. Um, but I do like Ashley as a character. I mean, and I yeah, really yeah. like the fact that they kind of changed him in this character and this, and, and, and this one, because he was kind of a, he was kind of douchey the first season where like oh. he really did not care um, at all about the about the host this one. Mm-hmm. It kind of seemed like he did kind of care because he didn't want like I mean, I mean it seemed like he kind of cared. And in, in this episode, honestly, uh, this episode honestly, I mean, in this in this in the second half of the season, it seemed like he honestly cared um, about the hosts here. Um, Luke Hemsworth. I knew it was Luke Hemsworth. I don't know why why it slipped my mind, but um, I, I like the fact that he kind of changed this episode. And he was just he was a bystander, and like I like that it gradually showed him getting angrier and angrier, and and getting to that point where he exploded on one of the one of the top um, one of the top uh, officers there. And, and and just really just going in on him and just being like, Yeah, well I might <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because he was tired. He wanted to save people and I, I was kinda of, I was honestly rooting for him. He was kinda of like the small hero that you wanted to go ahead and and, and 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 see succeed. I mean, especially with Hale also bullying him as mm-hmm. well, where she was just like, It's it's above your pay grade. And then he was also then he pointed the gun at Dolores' father's head and he's like, You need to tell what's in here. Cause this is ridiculous. Um, um, I, I just found his his his, his small story um, one of the most compelling in in the show. One of the most human, um, uh, you know, one of the most human stories in the show. And I think just making him a host at this point in time is just so downgrading to his character. It's just like we didn't need that. Yeah, I mean, he, was, he, he could have. I think he could have played a bigger role. Um, and I think what, what, what I'm seeing that might happen with the show is with with the humans and the hosts kind of coexisting, if that's possible. And I felt like he could have been a part of that. But mm-hmm. making him a host, it just completely destroys all of that, um, yeah. in my opinion. So, I mean, that's why, I'm a, that's why I'm a little disappointed by the season finale when it comes to that. Yeah.
0: See... Uh, the- I, with the whole Dolores and, like, uh, now her being in Charlotte's body, but then also not, I was kind of hoping they'd just kind of go for it and just do a lead switch <laughs> um, because I think, uh, what's her name? Is her name Teresa Palmer? Is that her?
1: Teresa, um, I mean, you're talking about um, Hale?
0: Yes, who
1: plays Charlotte. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson, dang
0: uh, Tessa Thompson. Um, I... I think she's a really compelling actress, so or a really interesting actress, so I wouldn't have minded her being the new lead of the show. I really like the fact that they basically going back to your original point, uh, what they that they basically set up like kind of a Xavier and um, Magneto situation here where, you know, they both have like their uh, representatives of a different race of pe- or a different kind of people. And Dolores is the Magneto in this situation, and she believes that the only solution is war. And Bernard seems to be on the other side of this. In fact, they bring him back because she will, he will oppose Dolores, because he'll be the other side of the coin, which I thought was interesting. And also, I think this, this show has a very interesting and very, very kind of, twisted in a way view of humanity and they kind of really spell it out in this episode where they literally have um the character uh well it's not really the character but it's in the body of logan explaining how he was trying like uh how the this database was trying to figure out how, how to replicate humanity, and they kept getting it wrong. It would get so close, and it couldn't get it right. And then they ultimately landed on that humans are very simple. That's that was fascinating. I, I those were the kind of discussions, and that's the kind of discussions that keeps, and for me at least, com- me coming back to this show because they have a lot to say. Even as weird and twisted as a view of a view of humanity as this show seems to have, it's certainly interesting. So.
1: Um, I, I disagree with you when it comes to the to the lead. I mean, I don't understand. It seems to me that you don't like – I keep getting – and I know that's not what you're saying, but I don't know. I keep getting this vibe that you don't like Evan Rachel with. I really like her. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, I like her as a lead. I'm glad they, they brought her back. I think she um, – I just thought it would very... have been
0: more interesting if they just kind of went for it and went for a lead change. They couldn't.
1: I mean, we don't see that very often, so – Anyway. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I would have continued watching at that point in well, time. I, I really, no, you're that I
0: mean, really, drawn, I, to Evan Rachel, Wood. you
1: need I her. Love, I, no, I love. <laughs> I really love her character, and I love the 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 the. I love seeing a, a, you know. Ever Rachel would really play her character. I think she has really. I think this is. I mean, I think this is a character at this point in time that I. I mean, I can't see. I can't see the Laura's being anybody else. Um, she she just she has done an amazing job with really honing in that character. Mm-hmm. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again: if if any of you guys want to be an actor or an actress, anything like that, you need for me. I mean, my recommendation is this show. Everybody in this show. I mean, even in the Shogun episode, which is which is which will go ahead and consider a bad episode. Yeah. The acting is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. There's this. I, I mean, this acting is absolutely 100 percent phenomenal. What they have to do in this show is insane. Um, And, and and you know, how each I mean, Evan Rachel Wood, Jeffrey Wright, Sandy Newton. I mean, these are just some of the most articulate people that I, I mean, some of the most articulate actors I have seen on a screen. I mean, they're just you understand it every word that they're saying and it's just i mean the sound of this movie is amazing um i mean but these actors i mean i mean these act actors and actresses i mean they're so articulate they pronounce every word um it's 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 absolutely amazing to me and for me i mean she is perfect as dolores i i can't wait to see what else she's in i mean I, i mean she is um one of she has one of my she is one of my favorite characters. Loris is one of my favorite characters on the show, mm-hmm. if not my favorite. And, and just seeing Evan Rachel Wood just really, you know, mm-hmm. you know, bring that character to life is absolutely amazing. Yeah. I I love the show. Um, I mean, for I mean, if I have to give the show anything, it's the performances. The performances yeah. are absolutely out of this world. Yeah. All right. Last question
0: before we kind of wrap this episode up. Uh, and this is a selfish question for me because uh, Maeve is my favorite character. Do we get Maeve back next season?
1: I hope so, man. I mean, um, the thing... I'm going to be really upset if we don't get Maeve back. They set up this whole thing with Maeve being able to take control of other hosts. Where is that going? Like, did you just literally invent that just to... Have her save her daughter and then kill her. Um, I mean, for me, that's just such a waste of a character. And I really did love um, Maeve's storyline, and I really wanted her to be a part of the bigger war. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, I thought what was going to happen was um, maybe, maybe Dolores ended up killing her daughter by accident, something mm. which then bring Maeve and, and Dolores in the conflict. Um, but unfortunately, I mean, because uh, I, I really want those two to, to butt heads, honestly, because mm. there's such... They, these Both of those women just bring such a presence to the screen. Oh, yeah. um, and it's it's an absolutely incredible. Um, but, I mean, it's just such a waste of a character if, if you kill her just for that. Like, we don't even know if we're going to see any of these characters that went to the virtual world Mm -hmm. um, in the next season. So, I mean, it's kind of like, where are we going with the, I mean, that's why, I mean, I kind of agree with what you were saying earlier. It's kind of like, where are we going? I don't know if we're going to actually get people back. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm, I'm kind of concerned, but I don't know. I don't know. I think everyone that went to
0: the virtual world or whatever, I think we're, we're done with them for the most part. Um, Maeve, I I have some hope. I think she's going to be relegated to a bit of a side story at first, at least. Because we have this whole situation of... uh, I I think the way that they bring her back is all these human characters who grew to know her. And if not fear her, then respect her. Or if not respect her, then fear her. So I think that there's... we, We have some characters who are certainly capable of bringing her back. And especially that Asian dude, eh, that's definitely a possibility. I could see him being like, maybe we could, we should bring her back. Uh, so I, I think that could be pretty interesting. That's a possibility. Um, last thing I'll say about this episode in particular, though, it's one of the best visual episodes of this entire show. There are so many great visuals in this episode. And the thing that reminded me of that was talking about Maeve because when she dies, like, her last sequence where she's holding back all those people, that is such a striking image. It's so... The show is such a good-looking show, but this episode in particular was gorgeous. So that's the last thing I'll say in regards to this episode. Um, And we can kind of wrap it up unless you have anything else you want to throw out there before we close.
1: No, I mean, I think that's it for me. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, this show is very... Visually, it's very beautiful, um, and I think that's—I mean that's just props to all HBO shows. I mean, visually, I think all their shows are really oh, yeah. um, beautiful. And I don't know what cameras they're using, which shame on me. <laughs> but man, oh man, they—I mean—they their cinematography is is beautiful. Yeah. Definitely. Um. So totally, I, I, I will agree with you on that for for that for that season finale. Definitely. All right, you want to close this out? Yeah, man. Um. Carlos, where can people find you on social media?
0: All right. Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cheery456. And uh, make sure you follow us all over social media. It's all at ScreenFiles Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the YouTube channel, and our website. Uh, Brianna has some great articles in the archive up there. I don't think she's posted in a while, but uh, hopefully we'll get her back on the podcast soon and back posting articles soon.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, you guys are more than welcome to follow me on Twitter at Castro Ozzy. Um, also, if you guys have any recommendations, you guys are more than welcome to email me at ozzy.castro at screenfellas.com. Guys, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please feel to like listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Please write and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Also check out the website. Brianna's doing some great stuff over there. Um, I don't think that she has posted anything about a week and a half. I mean, I mean, we've all just been going through hectic um, <laughs> stuff, honestly. Um, but checking her old stuff. I mean, if you guys haven't, if you guys have haven't seen it, um, I know there's a lot of stuff coming out in the movies, especially this time around. If you guys have any, any have any, um, you know, want to go ahead and read a review, go ahead and re- read her. She puts a lot of thought into it. Go ahead and check that out. Uh, Guys, thank you again so, so much for for sticking with us. We really do appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Guys, this is Screen Thoughts.